I want to really quickly start by asking everybody what their go-to coffee order is right now. Yep. Do you know what? Um, For the first time ever, uh, it's a mocha. <gasps> wow. That is my go-to soy yeah. decaf mocha. Oh. oh. That, you, you just ruined said, it. what the <laughs> fuck? Do you you ha- took a it, mocha no, and no, made no, a hold shit. On, hold on. Uh-huh. A, a decaf mocha is a hot, is a hot chocolate. No, but it tastes like coffee because it's No, because they do put decaf coffee in it. You are just pointless. Abby? I was going to say, mine's also decaf, so it's going to be very disappointing. Yeah, but you have a genuine reason. Yeah, but I like... Acid reflux, honey. I like I'm a right lady. Shut up. Sorry. I like Thank to you. follow the seasons. So at the moment, it's the gingerbread latte. Slash mm. Terry's chocolate, orange hot chocolate. But I'd never, had a, I'd never had a mocha before, like two weeks ago. And now That's I'm loving it. Crazy, I've, I've never had a mocha before. Maybe <gasps> I should do, 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 do. I'm loving it. I can't I can't go a day without Starbucks a mocha. Starbucks also do a white chocolate, yes, mocha, white chocolate mocha. And Greg's are doing a mint mocha. Oh, no. I need to get up on that gig. No. Right, should we? Chesney? Hello, everybody. Yeah. Hiya, folks. How you doing? Hope you're well. Don't respond. I can't hear you. You're listening to... I didn't even join in. Sorry, guys. I let, you, no, I let no, you guys no, no, go. No, we do that again. again. You're my Greek chorus. We'll do it it's again. Fine. And you're listening to Tyler. <laughs> I hope that harmony up. today. <laughs> I, I think only dogs heard that. <laughs> yeah. uh, right. Stop. So today, what is today's episode? How, well, how are we, folks? Are we all right? <laughs> Yeah, oh, a bit we're, in a, we're in a bit of a mood. I'm alive. Yeah. I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm I am so alive. alive. Yeah, it's yeah, it's all good. It's all good. I've had a cup of tea and I'm all settled. Uh, guitar check. How are we doing? Guitar check. I can play. Um, don't worry <laughs> about <laughs> a thing. Don't you worry. Because it's quite good because it goes from an A to an E to a D. And the good thing about that is that one finger stays on the same string the whole time. So that's why it's a good song to start learning chords with. Mm. Because you can transition, you can keep that same finger on those strings and then transition and I suppose the others. It's a steady. It is a steady. It is a steady. Because Bob was a steady boy. He was. Um, so, yeah. Anything yeah. we need to check up on with you, Abby? Any any updates that we haven't talked about in the life of O'Neill? How was Germany? Yeah, it was nice. I went on holiday to Germany. You will have noticed a couple um, of episodes ago, lead, re, uh, readers, sorry, listeners, that uh, me and Jordan had an episode to ourselves. It's because uh, Abby was off on her holly bobs. And then yeah, had to and, I, and then I had to self-isolate when I came back. Tell us about that. Because oh, it's just really annoying, isn't it? And they changed the rules after you booked your holiday. And so it ended up being more, much more expensive because you have to pay. We already paid for lateral flow test, which was what the rules were at the time. Paid th- for those, booked it. Even though you can get a free lateral flow test, you have to pay for one when you travel. By the by, we did it. Um, and then the day before we went on holiday, Boris decided to change the rules that you had to have a PCR test on return. So then had the lateral flow test is now still sat in the box unused. Had to then book a PCR for when I got back. But there's only certain... It's a, it's a right con so if you get, you can get a PCR where you go and collect it before you go on holiday and they cost 95p. But obviously most people at that point couldn't, well, you couldn't do that because we were already on holiday. And the places that you can collect it from are like West Malling in Kent, which is quite far from here to go just to collect a COVID test. Um, 
but then if you have it posted to your address, it's £60 upwards. What a load of shit. And <sighs> my work wanted me to do an express test, which you get a PCR test with same day results. I think it's like four hours later or something. £400. And were they going to pay for that? No, we had to pay, <laughs> to well pay for it. And then I was like, not. no, that's not happening, especially when I get paid minimum wage. Um, So I just got the normal PCR that you post off. But it did take... Uh, like three days to get a result so I had to isolate for three days how were those three days um actually fine I think if it had been any longer I would have started to get a bit bored Aggie. <laughs> yeah Aggie. I was bored it was just like trying to find stuff to do I've I w- binge watched a series um mm. Handmaid's Tale if anyone's interested not all four seasons, just the just the four seasons. People season. love that show. I love I've it. I've not seen it, but I I've heard very good things. So when I first started watching it, I we watched like two or three episodes, and we watched like one episode every couple of weeks. Found it really difficult to get into. It's really quite dark and dystopian, and just really hard to imagine this world. But once you get into it, like you're fully fully hooked, and I would I would definitely recommend it. Especially anyone that has to isolate because there's four seasons and like mm. thirteen episodes per season. So it's I've started um I've started rewatching the Harry Potter movies again. I like to do that at this time yeah, of year. Yeah, I think it's 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 a bit of a winter thing, isn't it? Yeah. I um watched the first two in one day the mm. other day, and I'm gonna try and get them all out of the way before Christmas if I can. I just think they are a good bit, a good bit of fun. I've never I've still never seen the um the Fantastic Beasts movies though. I think I watched the first one. I don't think I've seen any more than that. Um, right, let's actually talk Hold about something. Hold on, I have something go to on, say. Go on, go ahead. I, this <laughs> past on. week, binged uh, the three seasons of What We Do in the Shadows. Um, it's a it's a comedy show um, about vampires. I love it. It's so funny. Really easy watching. Each episode's only 20 minutes. Um, I loved it, and I'm now obsessed with um, the cast. <laughs> and I'm listening to podcasts with... Um, cast members from the show because they're all really funny um I, I i i wouldn't feel right if i didn't mention this at some point during uh one of our broadcasts as well how does it feel abby knowing that the the money that you spend on your pcr tests uh is going to fund a party at number 10 <laughs> yeah and I, I would say frustrating doesn't even cover cover it actually it's just i it's almost beyond words there's actually nothing that i can can say other than, I mean, to be honest, like, if I'm, like, totally honest, I'm not surprised because I, we said we weren't going to get political, but, um, yeah, conservatives, Boris, COVID, shit. I am sucked, plucked, and fucked with the whole thing. Now, it's funny that you guys have both mentioned that you've been, um, Binge-watching things. Oh, yeah. Oh, that wasn't even intentional, sister. Because today's episode is around, uh, well, kind of around binge culture and the sort of prevalence of that within the UK, specifically England, to be honest. Um, So we want to talk to you guys about alcohol, drugs, and and cigarettes, and anything else that you can really binge on. We're not going to talk too much about food because we have talked... A lot about binge eating. And we probably will do uh, individual episodes about more. food in particular again. So, so um, first things first, hopefully something fairly simple. Um, our relationships with alcohol, drugs, 
and cigarettes. Now, I, 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 I'm going to slightly speak for myself and Jordan, but I will also allow him to speak as well. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, m- me and Jordan, we don't smoke, we don't drink, and we don't do drugs. So it's a really boring episode, yeah. basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, sadly, we don't have too much in the way of personal experience, first-hand personal experience. It'll be interesting, though, to hear your perspectives from the other yeah. side, I think. Um, and I'm, am I right in saying that you've never done any of the three? No. Yeah. So you, have you had a sip of alcohol at any point? No. I I have. I have had a um, a singular shot of apple sours. Uh, Lucky you. Yes. During my GCSE leavers uh, sort of graduation prom, uh, I I told the guys, right lads, you know, it's one last day together. We'll have some fun. You pick the shot and I'll do it. And then and they and they had a, a shot of apple sours for me. Okay. And um and that is the only alcohol I've ever had. I've not smoked anything. Uh, I've never had any form of drug or narcotic. Uh, besides coffee, which actually I believe caffeine is classed as like a, a class C or something or a class yes, something or other. You can be addicted to it. Um, but besides that, I am clean as a whistle, and I think Jordan is too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Abby is an alcoholic. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, what is your relationship with the unholy trinity, Abby? Um, well, I drink alcohol. Um, I've never really been like mass a massive drinker. I would say, like, I'm I'm quite a lightweight, but I do enjoy a drink. Um, I think when I was younger, I thought that you only drank alcohol to get drunk, which I think a lot of people do, and that's kind of a misconception, especially in the UK. Um. And it wasn't. It didn't really matter if I was enjoying the drink. I was just focusing on getting drunk um, and the feeling that it created. But I feel like now I definitely drink drinks that I enjoy the taste of, and the alcohol is just like an added an added thing. The effect it has. As someone who is, who lived with you for a long time, I think you do have your shit together with alcohol. Because you're what I like to call a glass of wine with her dinner type of gal. Yeah. Like, and that's, my mum's very like that as well. Like, enjoys a glass of red with her spaghetti bolognese on a Wednesday night. Like, it is an enjoyment thing. But it's like, that glass with your dinner is kind of like all you need. Yeah. Um, And I, if I think if I was ever to start drinking, which isn't likely, but if I did, that's kind of the relationship with alcohol I would strive for. To like enjoy a wee glass like with my dinner or whatever. Mm. I mean, you've definitely both seen me at some of fucked, my worst. Absolutely fucked. <laughs> um, the, but yeah, it's, it wasn't like all the time. I was going to bring up an example, but no, I won't. no, do it. Go well, on. I was going to bring up mind. the example of um, there was one specific uh, receptacle that you would like to be sick in. Um, I brought you a book, oh, yeah. and you kept asking specifically. For the bin downstairs <laughs> to be sick in. Hmm. And I brought you a bucket that was upstairs already. Went, nope. Not good enough. I, just, I don't want it. And I had to go downstairs, empty the bin, and bring so the bin weird. upstairs to you so you could be sick into that bin. Now, I want to ask you guys about how your... I'm, I'm going uh, to... So, smoking, alcohol, and drugs. I'm just going to include them as like a package deal of like... Like I said, the unholy trinity. We'll Umbrella term, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. So how has your perception on that changed from when you were younger and you, you know, 
maybe even pre-teens, 12 years old, to going to house parties in your early teens and and presumably seeing people getting very, very drunk, going to university parties and then to now. Because for me, I know that when I was younger, sort of 12 to say 14, 15, until I saw, I started to see people do it, I thought like anybody doing like any kind of drugs was like, like the bottom of the barrel, like super villain, super yeah. criminal. Like the idea of somebody smoking weed or something like that was like unbelievable. Only people in movies did that. Yeah. 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 And like when they did it, they were like at absolute rock bottom, yeah. like on a street corner sort of thing in LA. And like also that like if you did drugs, you were addicted like yeah. that was always what there was I no thought. casualness yeah. about it it was either you were like an absolute meth head <laughs> on the on like on the like the streets of las vegas or you were just a normal human being and there was mm-hmm. no in between and then i very quickly realized like going to house parties and, and moving to london that oh people just sort of like smoke weed sometimes i'm like oh okay that's that's not really an issue yeah it's still not something i, I would do but my sort of my stance on it has definitely i don't know if it's softened but it's just it's it's less i think i guess you've had more more exposure to to it yeah so you you walk around london you can be in the middle there's nobody around you and all of a sudden you just walk through a a a cloud of weed oh (laughs) oh there it is that's a fresh one oh my god deptford high street had a constant headache for two years because (laughs) if you walk it was like a 20 minute walk from our house to the gym but you would have to walk via Deptford to get mm. there. And I would always come home with a headache because the amount of weed that you breathe in on the walk to and from. <laughs> there was so mm. The amount of paracetamol I got through that year just from passive smoking, because it really did give me a sore head. And I do think as well, especially with, um, with alcohol, that in my sort of formative early teen years is, is what put me off alcohol. Because there wasn't, drinking the drinks you liked there wasn't Mm. drinking in moderation it was we're going to a house party so let's get whatever alcohol we can get and not like whatever you can get the most of for the cheapest that's the highest percentage yeah or what can how much crap can we steal from dad's cupboard or whatever Mm. and then get absolutely annihilated like i would i remember going to like my second or third house party and having to stop somebody from jumping out into a road because they were that drunk and people were scratching at each other and fighting and they were Mm. only 14 because they were drinking 13 bottles of blue WKD. (laughs) And because there wasn't that sort of appreciation for alcohol Mm. or the taste of it or the craftsmanship, it was just, let's get drunk. I think that is sort of what informed my decisions on drinking and my perception on drinking throughout the rest of my life uh Abby. do you think you ever will drink S- alcohol see this is the thing this is the question that i get asked quite a lot mm. like people say oh you're gonna drink on your graduation oh, are you gonna drink on your are you gonna drink on your wedding day are you gonna drink on your anniversary or are you gonna drink in the future and my answer to it always is is that if i thought i was gonna do it in the future i would do it now yeah because there's no point that's what i'm like yeah. in waiting it's not like I'm I'm waiting for a an occasion a certain yeah. milestone and go right, pop the Jack Daniels. But it's then you time. could also in your later life change your mind. Like this it's is not the th- exclusive. Like this is the thing. Um, 
my stance on a lot of things has softened recently. And there, if you'd asked me, no matter w- any situation I was in, like five years ago, like, are you going to drink something? And I'd be like, absolutely not. I could never, ever see myself drinking alcohol. Yeah. But like now with different pressures and different situations and different life stresses and ups and downs, like it's not unforeseeable yeah. that it could happen. But it's still not something that's currently in the realm of possibility. Abby, how has your perception of the Holy Trinity changed throughout your life? Um, well, I kind of said about like with my experience of drinking alcohol, how that sort of changed, and um, when I when it became more about enjoying it. Um, I I'm quite lucky that I've never, other than like seeing friends drinking, I've never had any like negative experiences or that I remember from like drunk relatives or friends that have like scarred me at all I'm I'm quite lucky that I haven't had that um I guess I, I've just all mostly been around sort of like a healthy relationship with alcohol but then also like my mum doesn't drink really at all um so it it's only been like my dad drinks so um and my mum's kind of like, not against alcohol, but she doesn't really like understand why people get drunk. Um, and which is like completely fair enough. That's just her opinion. But that hasn't actually really affected me. Um, like it, it was never like sort of enforced on me. I've been able, since I was an adult, to do what I wanted with drinking. I never really, I did drink a bit before I turned 18, but I wasn't. Did you ever go through like the 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 get pissed house party stage? No, I didn't really go to house parties when I, like my friends were, um, like we had like sleepovers and went to Nando's in the cinema that sort of like thing. We we didn't really, not really, didn't really have that sort of experience. It was only really when I was like seventeen that I started going out. I used my sister's ID, um. And then, yeah, and then I was old enough to go out anyway. Um, but then my opinions definitely changed with drugs in a similar similar way to you, Chesney, and that when I was younger up until, like, quite recently, and even from previous episodes when we've spoken about it before, like, extremely anti-drugs. Like, I think I said in one episode that it's, like, my biggest red flag when it comes to, like, relationships is drugs. If you do drugs then you're just not the person for me sort of thing. Um, but I think having been exposed to it, to drug taking like more in the last couple of years, um, I still, I'm, I'm not pro, pro drugs. I haven't gone mm. to the other extreme. Um, I love drugs. Yeah, literally. I've been trying some things. Are you wearing a tie dye t-shirt? <laughs> um no so yeah before I was very anti and I just didn't I think it was just something that I've never really been able to get my head around and like I've never understood why someone would put themselves through that and like they and it's just the risk factor of like you could die but then like I kind of it's the bigger picture like recently I've thought about you could die in in many other ways but you could also die from alcohol poisoning and and many other ways of um, and smoking could lead to lung cancer etc etc and we always put 
everyone puts things in their bodies that's not necessarily healthy. KFC. Um, <laughs> for example. KFC gravy. I don't know what's in that. But I drink I don't it by now. But I drink <laughs> it's it like by the drug. It's like a drug. Um, but yeah, I think more recently I've been sort of open to accepting drug taking. It sounds weird. It sounds like I'm like this higher power. No, I know what power. you mean. It's like, I, to, like, there are definitely scenarios where I felt uncomfortable that I've been around people that have been taking drugs. Um, not that I felt pressured to, jo- to join in or anything, but I've just felt... Like, I don't really want to see that. Um, and I think that's completely fair enough. Um, but yeah, being exposed to it more and sort of seeing seeing it, um, I'm not so bothered anymore. I'm not so like, oh my God, that's awful. Like, I, I've, I'm coming around, coming around to it, I guess. Um, and it is obviously, we're all adults. People can make their own choices and decisions. Um, and I, And I do think there are, safe ways of taking drugs and like being with the right people um and if you want to do it you can you can do it safely and there's definitely sort of there's quite a lot of scaremongering with drug taking um and like you you see in the news like um people that have like died at festivals and stuff from taking it and it probably is because they haven't been taking it safely um, and I actually think that what I've learned in the last sort of year is there needs to be more education on like the safe taking of drugs because people are going to come across drugs in their friendship groups or at school or at uni at some point. Um, and just like, if you are going to try something, this is the safe way of, of doing it, of trying it. Um, but then also being able to say no and being in a group and saying no I don't want to do that and not feeling pressured it's just the same as sex education yeah yeah if you're gonna do something at least do it safely yeah um Jordan anything you want to add well how has your relationship changed what brought you to your decisions that you've taken so far right let me take you back so I'm assuming I would highly doubt that you do this over in England but in a Irish Catholic primary school you um you take a pioneer pledge when you're in year seven right talk me through it a pioneer pledge is basically a certificate and a badge to say that you will not drink alcohol until you turn 18 wow very irish catholic thing nobody actually does it no one actually gives a fuck (laughs) um but i took the pledge didn't think anything of it and then the reason I think I never really started drinking was because I didn't enjoy places where there was typically alcohol. I very quickly worked out that like clubbing wasn't for me, bars weren't really for me. Um, and therefore, like I never really found myself in a scenario where there was alcohol. Um, I was similar to Abby in the sense that like the people I was friends with the things that we would do together were sleepovers and cups of tea and talking shit. You know, so it wasn't, I was never, I wasn't exposed to alcohol in friend groups. I mean, I did, I had a, an uncle that died of alcoholism, but like we weren't close enough for me to say that that affected it me didn't really. scar you. No, like I don't really, really don't think I was exposed to him enough to, for that to have had an impact. 
I also do have a lot of memories of family members getting really, really nasty with alcohol in them. Yeah. But then again, I don't really feel like that impacted me because in the Irish culture, you see a lot of people um, with drinking them and you see a lot of bad behavior with drink and you just kind of get climatized to it. You don't necessarily um, think anything of it. Um, but I think this episode is good because... When people ask me um, why I don't drink, I unfortunately don't have one big resounding dramatic answer. Yeah. I'm the same. I wish I had some yeah. big story. I have like 30 mini answers. Yeah. Um, so I think it might actually be beneficial to right now for us to run through our mini answers. Just to be like, right, if you want to know why, go to this episode. Go to this episode. Yeah. <laughs> so my mini answers are, first of all, I think I have quite um, an addictive personality. And I think when I like something, I ride the wagon to the wheels fall off. So if I were to start drinking alcohol and liked it, I think I'd literally be dead in a year. <laughs> because mm. I can't, if I like something, I go balls to the wall. I can't have, I can't really seem to enjoy anything in, a, in moderation. I have to go hardcore. Um, and with alcohol, I feel like if I did like it, um, and I got into a routine with it, it would be, it would become an issue. I genuinely do believe if I did start and enjoyed it, it would be an issue. Um, as well as that, I am someone that like, likes, likes to feel like I'm doing something for my health. Because I've had quite a bad relationship with food all my life, not drinking alcohol is one thing I have felt like, oh, well, at least I'm in control of this. And at least this is something that I'm doing to stay healthy. Because all the other times I haven't felt healthy because I've, you know, been um, not eating well or not exercising or whatever. Do, so you, I, do you agree it almost becomes a personality trait? Oh, it absolutely does. Because mm. I almost now like being the person that doesn't drink. Yeah. Um, Every time you go to a party and they're like, hey, can I get you a drink? <laughs> yeah. No. And I like to make it known. Like even someone said to me the other day, oh, treat yourself to a wee drink. And I couldn't just leave it. I had to go, oh, I don't drink. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think part of me probably definitely does like the the allure of being someone that doesn't drink. Um, But then at the same, yeah, I'm the same. I like it, but I also wish I didn't have to have the same conversation every time. Yeah. Well, this is why we can um, let yeah. them come to the podcast. Every, every <laughs> single time. <laughs> Insert link. They come to the podcast yeah. and they go, oh, good on you, mate. I could never do that. Oh, I could never do, uh, I don't know how you do it. It's like, yeah. It's one of those things. If you've never done if something. So, if someone said to me, I don't drink, I think I'd just be like, oh, okay. I don't I don't think I would ask them why or this. I don't know. It just, it yeah. feels like it's such a British culture thing to drink. Like, and if you don't drink, it's like, what? Yeah. Why? Because What's I've wrong with you? Because I've never drank, my brain is now hardwired to the point where I don't have an issue with anybody drinking. I don't mind being around people that are drunk, but like I actually i'm hardwired now to not actually be able to understand why people do it mm. and i can't i look at people falling out of clubs and you know in really bad states and i can't understand why and i find that as i've got older my tolerance for people who have drank has got um it's you know at rock bottom and if someone knows that they are nasty with drinking them 
or if they know that they are a really really bad or messy drunk and they're one of those people that shit always seems to hit the fan anytime they've had a drink i person this is probably a bit harsh i feel if you know you are a messy bitch with alcohol and you know you can be nasty it is irresponsible of you to get drunk i genuinely believe that because there are people that cannot have a drink without being a messy bitch. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I'm not saying, you're allowed to be a bit silly and you're allowed to be, you know, that's fine. But there are people that are nasty and yeah. vicious with drinking them. And it, they're self-aware. And the next day it's, oh, ha, ha, ha. And I'm like, no, I don't have the tolerance for it. If you know you're like that, stop fucking drinking. Boom. I've said it. <laughs> Christ. There, this is going to sort of sound like, oh, boo-hoo, wah-wah, he's whining. Um... But there are sometimes like, because I do like to go on a night out and I do like to go out and have a dance and have fun. But because I am the person I am and I am always the person that doesn't drink, I have to be the one that gets responsible. I have to be the one that gets people to the club. I have to be the one that's in charge of making sure this person gets in their taxi, that this person, oh, I can see that this girl over there is, is, there's a man looking at her that's the wrong way and it's going to be my job not the other 10 boys that are here. It's going to be my job to make sure that she's safe. And I'm, I'm always happy to do it. And I understand that because of the choices that I make that I don't drink, it is my responsibility to do that. But there is the odd occasion that I wish that like, uh, you could yeah. I could just, I could just like chill mm-hmm. and I still enjoy a night out, but it's one of those things as well. Like I'm never going to be able to experience like a, a, a drunken snog or a, or a drunken <laughs> fling or something you know like i think about this uh, you can never you can never blame something on the yeah. fact that you were yeah. drunk like every I've, every mistake you make is a I've, sober mistake there's been times <laughs> where like i've been on a night out and, and a girl has like come up to me like with the intention of like getting with me mm-hmm. and i have to be like i can't do this because i now feel like i don't know what level of drunk this yeah. person is like they may be completely aware of what they're doing, but I can't take that risk of yeah, them waking up being or, or them see yeah. or somebody else taking it the wrong way. And it like, it doesn't feel right. And yeah, like I say, that does just sound like a, oh, that's a, a person who doesn't drink kind of problem. But every now and then you would just sort of quite selfishly like to just yeah. relax and not have to worry about those things. But I do, this is something I think about as well. People do like to say, oh, I don't remember a thing when I'm drunk. Or, yeah. oh, I try to get with no, everybody I, when I'm drunk. I don't and I get do that. think it is like a scapegoat thing at times. Yeah, I don't get that. I have I, I have been really drunk a few times in my life. And I have never forgotten what happened. Like, really. Like, yeah. there have been things where I've been like, oh, gosh, yeah, I did do that. Or, like, someone's told me something. And I'll be like, oh, gosh. But not to the point where I'm like, I'm really sorry. I cheated on you because I didn't know what I was doing. Or yeah. et cetera, et cetera. You did know what you were doing. You might you might yeah. have had a bit more confidence to do something that you shouldn't have done or whatever, but you do remember. <laughs> like, unless you actually blacked out. Unless and you were literally happened. spiked. Yeah, exactly. Um, I I don't really believe that people were like completely unconscious of what they're doing with their body when yeah. they're drunk. Yeah. Now I um, I want to ask you guys as as sort of a, as a final question. Um, a lot of this sort of re- revolves around like our teen years and, and, and stuff you did in your formative years growing up to make you the person that you are today. If you could redo your teen years or a, a part of your teen years, would you? And what would you change? Hmm. Oh, I have, a, I have a few things. 
right before I moved to London, again at that point, weed, cocaine, any type of drug to me, I was like only people in CSI Miami do drugs. <laughs> it's only in movies. Like people don't actually do that in real life. And I had a friend that it was one of my closest, closest friends. And I completely zoned her out because she started doing drugs. Because I was like, you'll die. Mm. You'll die. People don't do drugs. You're like in a crime movie. Like people don't do that. And then I moved to London two months later and very quickly realised, oh my God, if I didn't speak to every person that did drugs, I'd have no friends. Because <laughs> everybody does drugs. And I kind of, I feel like I got lucky in the sense that like, I had two people in Sarad on either side of me who were like the probably the only people that like didn't do drugs and Chesney the only other person that didn't drink um but yeah so I would maybe have I maybe wish that I had been more open-minded um before moving because then I would probably still have that friendship going because that was literally the main reason that we're not friends anymore because I was like you do drugs now Mm. I'm not about that um other than that I don't think I would I don't really think I would change anything about my teen- teenage years. I think I got really lucky with like the friends I had, the things I did. I wish I had maybe just got a grasp on like my physical health a bit earlier. Because mm-hmm. that did seem to cause a lot of upset and trouble right up until I moved to London. So I wish I had maybe like got on that slightly earlier. So I wasn't sent to fat camp. <laughs> That's anyway. a whole other episode. Yeah. Abby? Um, I I guess similar to Jordan, I had like very good friends at school and there wasn't really anything like in my school years that I would have like gone back and changed. I think the only thing would be like I feel like when I was like eighteen to twenty one my going out life was just very tame and I kinda wish I'd had been a bit more wild but then I actually like saying that I just don't think that that's the kind of person I am like I enjoy going out and I enjoy having a drink but I don't really enjoy getting paralytic and not knowing how I got home and Mm -hmm. all like getting to that point uh I like to go out and listen to music and have a little dance and then go home and be in bed by one (laughs) o'clock yeah and that's just who I am I guess now uh what I'm probably gonna say is uh well yes yeah, most likely going to contradict everything else I've already said up until this point. Mm-hmm. Um, if I could redo my teenage years, I would drink. Oh, I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't try. I'd try not to go through the the stage of getting absolutely annihilated every night for no reason. But I would have some alcohol. I I think. How come? Just because as as happy as I am in sort of life and I still don't want to drink now that I haven't drank, I do think as much as everybody says, oh, you're not missing out on anything. I do think there are just some social situations where life is a lot easier with a drink in your hand. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Like, just like being... In a nightclub, on a night out, maybe one or two drinks in with one in the hand is a lot easier than going there stone cold sober mm. with a lemonade. Yeah. And I feel like if I'd just, when I was younger, just instead of going, oh, I don't want to, oh, I've seen that guy getting absolutely pissed. I don't want to drink at all. 
if I'd just gone, oh, I've seen that guy get absolutely pissed, I'll make sure I know what I'm doing with alcohol. I feel like a, a fair few situations in life would be more manageable and you would fit in quicker. Do you feel like you've almost limited yourself socially because you haven't drunk up to this point? Yeah, I, I think I'm at a stage in my life now where I'm comfortable enough in talking to people and starting conversations and getting into conversations that I don't need don't it need now. It. Yeah. But I do think that it just makes it a lot easier and it does, it can limit you. I think mm. you're right. And I think if I'd have just had like just a small handle on it, mm. I, I think um, a few different doors and corridors can open up that are sort of locked to somebody, almost like an outsider mm. looking in. I don't know if that makes sense, but I think it yeah, does. It no, makes it complete does. sense. And I do completely agree. However, anytime I think like that, something happens very quickly that brings me right back to mm. never wanting to do it. Like even we had a, my work was having like their Christmas party last week or the week before. And a lot of us like weren't going because we just didn't want to. But then the the few people that did want to go, they were like, oh, I want to go because the, the, there's free drinks and I just need to go get fucked. I just need to go get fucked. And all three of them could talk about was how they wanted to go just to get blackout shit faced. And I'm just listening to them talk going this could never be me i could never show up at a social event that i don't want to go to just to get myself mm. in it like i don't it sounds to some people it might sound judgmental or i'm being like oh like who do, who does he think he is like he thinks he's above everybody it's not that yeah i just can't hardwire myself to understand why mm. i don't judge anybody for doing it at all and i would hate hate to ever feel like people don't want to drink in front of me or they feel uncomfortable drinking in front of me because i have like a stick up my ass about it because i really don't but we both worked in pubs and bars we've both yeah we've both worked in bars and stuff um <coughs> so i would hate people to ever feel like they can't be comfortable drinking in front of me mm. there have been times where i overcompensate and make people bring alcohol to me and i just watch them drink <laughs> i'm like well <laughs> bring drinks if you want like it's fine it's fine it's fine oh yeah like you know, because I wouldn't, I'd, I never want to be that person that people feel like they have to pussyfoot around. Mm. But what I will say um, is that I no longer apologize for not wanting to do something yeah. or go somewhere. I feel like, especially in uni, I spent a lot of time um, lying and saying, oh, I can't go because I have blah, 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 blah. Or, oh, no, I can't because, like, making up an excuse. Whereas the real truth was, I don't want to go. It's not my thing. I hate things like that. I know I will spend the whole night anxious and uncomfortable and I don't want to go. I spent a lot of time lying um, because I felt too uncomfortable just saying, I don't want to go. Mm. And it's not that I... When I say like I don't enjoy clubs, bars, things like that, It's when I say I don't enjoy it, I mean they actually... I hate them. <laughs> Like, I hate going to a club and I sit there. For some reason, it just makes me feel so anxious. Everything about a club, every aspect of it, I hate it. I hate it so much. This sounds, it sounds like I'm exaggerating. I hate it. I fucking hate it. But, like, it's it's really good for you to admit that because especially yeah. our, our, at our age, well, actually, I think we're kind of 
we're not at the end of the age of clubbing like you can go clubbing at any <laughs> age but like we've we've been through sort of like the main age that we would have gone yeah 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 and we're actually now at an age where we can say you know what i i hate that i don't want to do yeah, it I and it's that. actually it's fine like you don't have to want to go clubbing whether you drink or not it's there are so some social settings that you don't enjoy like some people don't enjoy going to watch shows mm-hmm. and they don't enjoy theater that's absolutely fine yeah and it's absolutely fine to not want to go clubbing and not enjoy that setting. And like, I've definitely like having felt so socially anxious and just worked myself up thinking I really, really don't want to go out and actually force myself because I get such bad FOMO that yeah. if I don't yeah, go, yeah. I'm going to miss something and like literally force myself to go and I don't want to and being there and feeling so uncomfortable that I have to have a drink to relax. Yeah. And, like, yeah. people shouldn't have to put themselves in that position. I would go as far to say I have a fear of going to places like that. Because the way I try to describe my relationship with going out to clubs and bars and stuff is the same way I hear people describe um, their fear of going to the dentist or going to the doctor. Like, the way they describe it, the anxiety and the fear around it, that's actually exactly how I feel. Um, but I'm now at an age where I don't really have the patience anymore to lie and say, I can't. now I've got to the point where I'm like, I don't want to do that. And you're my friend. You know this about me. If you're going to get assy with me for not going, then stop being my friend. Mm. That sounds really, I sound like a fucking dick in this episode, but it's true. It's true. Like I, I don't have the tolerance for it anymore. And I'm not, I don't apologize for being like that anymore. You know, in, in an episode that has entirely been about alcohol, drugs and cigarettes, considering two thirds of this podcast have never done any of that, <laughs> I think that was all right, you know? Oh, I got well into that. Uh, so, if you ever uh, if you ever see us out in public and you ever go, do you know what? I like these guys. I'll buy them a drink. I love <laughs> a Coke Zero. Love no, a no, Coke no, Zero. no, 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 no. Oh. We want a coffee. Yes, yes. And how, how so you need, we you need to coffee? stop interrupting my so links. I'm, I'm so scared <laughs> <laughs> So, if you would like to buy us a coffee, have a look on our Instagram, which can be found at tightlads underscore podcast. Yeah, go on there. You'll see a link tree. And on there, you will see a link for our Ko-Fi page, where you can donate some money to us and make us rich beyond our wildest dreams. Decaf soy maca. Disgusting. Mm. And if you wanted to find us, possibly, I don't know, on TikTok, Abby, where would they find us? There. At Tight Lads Pod. Oh, hey, <laughs> correct answer. Jordan, where can our lovely <laughs> listeners find you on social media? You could find me at Jordan E. E. Donnelly on Instagram and Twitter. And you can also find me on the Tickety Talk at Jordan Donnelly 97. Abby! Oh, fuck. You what about you? F- you can find me at Abby O'Neill 17 on Twitter and Instagram. And Chesney can be found on Instagram and Twitter at Chesney FM. And you can listen to my box office radio Saturday morning show from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. every single Saturday. With that, anything to add? Anything to finish on, folks? Um, if you do find me in a set and buy me a Coke Zero. Not a coffee. Or a coffee. And I'll have a glass of wine. Red wine. Please. I'll have what I like to call a spicy Coke. What's a spicy, What's a coke? spicy coke? Uh, It's a bottle of ginger beer and then... Uh, Pepsi on top of it. And I'm always happy to do a coffee. Going for coffee with people is literally my favourite thing. So I'm always happy to do that. Yeah, even if I've never met you. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're literally, buying, from I'm coming, coming, go for a coffee. Literally, I love it's my favorite thing. Yeah. So uh, until we do, I'll see you all for a coffee out in the wild. In the meantime, stay. stay tight. tight. I could do with a mock, can I? <laughs>